Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. James Regan and Mark Watson uh, with us this morning, uh, which uh, I'm pleased to say, um, very experienced uh, journalist. And uh, James, can I start with you, please? Uh, It's been a hell of a year to be a New Zealand sporting coach, it seems, of national teams. You're always under pressure, but uh, we've kept uh, Ian Foster, lost a couple of assistants, and now we've lost Danny Hay. Uh, And the reaction to that has been quite substantial. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? He was so, so close to, to getting them to that World Cup. Arguably, that Costa Rica game was a farce and they should be there. Um, and he, he's clearly improved this team, um, this young, talented team that has got so much potential. But for this to kind of finish the way it has, um, and Don McKinnon's report to be pretty damning uh, in what he was saying... Um, it's just it's disappointing. It's disappointing for football fans. I'm sure it's disappointing for players and New Zealand football that this this has gone the way it has. It's bizarre. Danny Hay is obviously a good coach who's got the backing of the players, and it was such a big thing when he took over because I think a few players were looking at Des Buckingham going, "We want him in," um, and then he took over and got them all on the same page with obviously the backing of the likes of Chris Wood as well. And now it's gone the way it has. It's just. Yeah, frustrating. I guess frustrating is the word I'd probably use. Uh, I, to be honest, uh, to be honest, Mark, uh, the weight of um, opinion seems to be on the side of uh, Danny Hay here, um, and the fact that we won't have him anymore. How do you see it? Yeah, look, I um, heard you know some weeks back that Danny Hay wasn't really that interested in it. Well, I, I think the biggest frustration, I think the bigger picture thing is what is happening to our international fixtures. Why are we not seeing our men's team? competing more regularly against quality opposition. Um, they should still be the shop window. I mean, we see it in so many other sports. You know, netball, it's still the Silver Ferns, the All Blacks. Well, you know, they're the ones that pretty much carry the rugby torch, rightly or wrongly. And so uh, it must be incredibly frustrating for Danny Hay, for the players. You know, look, we don't have enough money. Why don't we have enough money? Where is all the money going? Uh, you know, there are a lot of stakeholders in football, but you've only got to go on a Saturday morning and just see how big it is grassroots-wise and just how big it is amongst young girls as well. And so, you know, the administration, I think, needs to take a long, hard look at themselves and say, hey, what are we prioritising here? But, look, I think a bigger issue too, and maybe part of the reason is that, you know, we still continue to play in little old Oceania and we sort of always been, haven't we, just let's roll the dice, let's just get to that one playoff game and let's see how good we are and let's take our chances. I mean, the reason why we didn't get past Costa Rica at the finish is I just don't think we get regular competition against quality sides. 
And for us to improve, we need to be playing against better teams. For us to understand who our players are, to be able to commercialise it more, we need to see these players. I mean, I mean 1982, we knew every single member of that All-Whites team. They were household names. You know, I look at this All-Whites team that comes out. Look, yeah, I'm familiar, you know, I'm clearly familiar with Wood and Reed. But beyond that, um, you know, I sort of go, oh, I've sort of heard of them, but I don't really know that much about them. And that's because we just, you know, we, we see them. Oh, I'm not a big Phoenix fan. I don't think they've done enough to warrant my time to watch a lot of them. And then a lot of other players are sort of playing overseas in sort of second-tier, third-tier competitions, whether it be in the United States or parts of Europe. And so, yeah, you know, why would you want to coach an all-whites team? Why would you want to be the coach of a team that just never plays? Um, and then again, on the same side of it, when you ask the questions, well, you fall out with the administration. So, look, it, it, politics has always um, plagued New Zealand football, and this is just another chapter. Nice uh, result, speaking of good coaching and popular coaches uh, last night, uh, James, for... Um, the Silver Ferns, it was, uh, you know, that's a hell of a win, uh, an eight-goal margin against Australia. I, I must admit I didn't see that kind of comfort in the result. Yeah, uh, just amazing, wasn't it? And it's, as you say, a massive testament to Nolene Tauroa. She's um, had, you know, obviously a disruptive build-up to this series with the Jamaican series. Um, but, man, they were fizzing last night, weren't they? And, and a couple of players really stepped up. Kate Heffernan was one that springs to mind. Kelly Jury, you know, players that have not had too much um, international experience, especially recently, and that kind of, you know, you weren't really sure, as you say, how they were going to go, but man, they blew Australia out of the water and the big thing for them now and as Dave Nolan said after the game, is to do it again and again and again um, through this series, but also in the lead-up to next year's World Cup, but um, yeah, once, once again, Nolene Toto has has done wonders with the with the squad she's got, and I guess the one thing you would say is be be very wary of a wounded Australian netball side because they will be absolutely fired up for, for Sunday's game in Tauranga. But yeah, what what a performance! Well well done to them, and, and yeah, hopefully see much more of it in the coming games. James Regan and Mark Watson are with us uh, on the panel this morning. We'll take a, a very, very quick news break uh, with uh, Aroha, and when we come back, uh, we might look at uh, the Black Caps um, <clears throat> and the Women's Rugby World Cup, uh, amongst other things. The panel. James Regan with us this morning, as is uh, Mark Watson and uh, Mark, uh, the Black Caps, uh, sort of uh, flying under the radar, playing the... Uh, uh, this cricket series so early in, in spring, really, and uh, most of the country's still copping a lot of rain. Um, so uh, it's sort of going a little bit unnoticed. But uh, what I did notice yesterday was that uh, Kane Williamson didn't play. Martin Guptill was at three, did a pretty good job as well. Uh, I just wonder about the future for Martin Guptill. And, uh, Mark, could we win a World Cup if we didn't have Kane Williamson in the lineup? Yeah, that's, look, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think you're opening... Uh, batters going forward, Arthur Allen and Devin Conway. The biggest problem with Martin Guptill, and you know this and I know this, is that, yeah, he's been a, a wonderful player at home. He, he's just so suited to New Zealand conditions. But you go back to the uh, one-day World Cup, you know, in England, he was probably the one player that still probably didn't perform. And, you know, you could sense the frustration from him. He was almost in tears and he didn't really feel like he really contributed, particularly uh, even in that final. Uh, Kane Williamson, my concern here is that... <sighs> You know, he's the captain of this side, and we just seem to still be so hesitant 
when it comes to our batting, we never should we be on the front, should, should we be on the back foot, i.e. should we be positive or should we be a bit more conservative? And I think I've said this to you before with Gary Stead and Kane Williamson at the helm, I just wonder how much free licence there is uh, with this Black Caps team. And can we win without Kane Williamson? Look, I, I think we can win without Kane Williamson. I'm just not sure who the replacement player is for Kane Williamson. And that's always the debate, isn't it? If you drop a player, who do you bring in? Because I'm certainly um, yeah, not not convinced it's Martin Guptill. But look, there's a lot to like with the likes of Glenn Phillips, uh, Mark Chapman, um, you know, Jimmy Neesham, I think, is one of the most underrated sportsmen in New Zealand. Uh, not convinced on Michael Bracewell. But, hey, it's T20 cricket. Any time you take a, a, a major game and you shorten it, you abbreviate it, there is all, it becomes more and more a game of chance. And, you know, I think we've got enough players in this New Zealand team to be, you know, the likes of Conway, um, you know, to be able to take yeah, take a game away from an opposing side, whoever they are. Now, I'm, I'm really starting to think about uh, that top four because I believe uh, that uh, 160 is not going to cut the mustard in any shape or form, uh, you're going to have to get a pass score of around 200 if you want to win this World Cup, which means you have to go hell for leather right from the start and you really don't want to let up at any stage and reassess and get, give batsmen the opportunity to get in uh, as we have in the past and that's why I like the idea of a really aggressive uh, top four. Speaking of being aggressive, uh, James Regan, uh, Michael Maguire has to name a side against uh, Lebanon. He's got to two or three relatively easy games uh, going into this uh, the important stages of the Rugby League World Cup. How do you think uh, he should play it? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one because with, with all due respect to those teams, they're not going to be a massive challenge for the Kiwis. Lebanon will be probably the toughest game, so it's good to get that out the way and, and get a good head out first up. Um, he has to be really careful, though, with with a couple of players who are maybe coming back from injury, the likes of Joey Manu, um, who you don't want to rush in, but you also want to get a little bit of good game time in before they go on to the quarters uh, and hopefully beyond that. So it'll be a good chance to test the depth. I think chance of Oxford will play fullback. He, he had a really good game in the warm-up game against Leeds. Um, but it's also a tournament, and you, you've got to put your best team out when you can, as well as giving you know, keeping players ticking over. I think he'll have thought about this long and hard, especially since he was let go from the Tigers. This is all he's been thinking about, which is a great, great position for the Kiwis to be in. They've got good depth. Um, and I think we will see a lot of changes through the pool play, but he'll know his best 13 and his best 17 for when it comes to probably Fiji in the quarterfinals. So I think we'll be, see a bit of rotation, but also, you know, you've got to give the players a good run leading up to that game as well, which is going to be a tough game against Fiji. Mark Watson, uh, of course, the Black Ferns back in action at uh, Waitakere this weekend when they face Wales. Uh, first of all, um, what are you expecting from that encounter? You think they'll, they'll take another step up? I mean, last week was a pretty f- slow start, which they can't afford against uh, England or France, you would imagine. Yeah, and you wonder why we got off to a slow start. Was it the occasion? Was it all the hype? Was it the size of the crowd, perhaps? Um, you know, I mean, were they just a little bit sort of starstruck a little bit in terms of what was actually going on in their lives? And, hey, look at this. Wow, this is incredible. Boy, we really are here. 
Yeah, look, I think Wayne Smith will be wanting just a really a, a much more positive start. I think he'll want to tighten up in some key areas. Um, yeah, he'll certainly want to build. I, I mean, I think after the first round, I think we can sort of still look at England and probably France as maybe looking slightly better. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see sort of what Wales throw up. I um, mean, you know, nice sort of uh, late, well, you know, last minute victory um, over Scotland and. I'm curious. I'm sort of curious to see what the depth is like below New Zealand, below France and below England. And look, I hope they do put up a contest. I think still New Zealand, I think, need to be put under a little bit more pressure at the moment. I think they, you know, I don't think you want to be firing in your first two games. You need to, you know, it's the old saying in boxing, sometimes you learn more from your defeats than you learn from your wins. And adversity is not a bad thing. But yeah, certainly we want to see a much improved um, opening 20 minutes from the Black Ferns, but equally too, I think I want to see Wales yeah, really challenge us um, in some key areas as well, so that we are, you know, so, so that we are seeing that standard quite high. Because when the likes of England and France come along, um, yeah, we're going to need to be at our very, very best to beat them. Uh, hey, Mark, I, I, I've put my hand up and ke- confess to not knowing too much about this subject, but you are commentating the Defence Force Women's Rugby World Cup, which is running parallel with uh, the Rugby World Cup proper. Well, tell, tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, this is this is happening for the first time. So they do tend to have um, something similar with the men's that's been going for a long time. They have the Defence Forces or the Armed Services run a sort of a, a World Cup for men, which normally occurs in the same country following the Rugby World Cup. And so part of the proliferation of the women's game, the Defence Force here in New Zealand have established um, uh, yeah, a women's World Cup equivalent, which is just eight countries at the moment. And so it's been started uh, the Friday, so started the day before the Women's Rugby World Cup. So we've got France, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, uh, Tonga, Fiji, um, and this hybrid team of Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu, um, and I think I've missed one in there. And so, yeah, so this has been going on at College Rifles. And I've got to say, they're doing it brilliantly. Um, a lot of fans there, they've had helicopters coming and. Um, land in the ground there and, and drop the World Cup ball off. And, and I've got to be, imp- I've got to say, being very, very impressed by the standard of rugby. We saw one hell of a game the other day between the United Kingdom and Australia. Boy, it was a great, great game of uh, rugby for the women's side of it. And a lot of these teams are stacked with players that play professionally in France, that play semi-sort of professional here in New Zealand. Um, as well um, as in Australia. So it's a really, really high standard. A number of players that probably, you know, fringe may have just missed out on the, the Women's Rugby World Cup. So, yeah, we had uh, Buck Shelford down there, who's a patron, I think, for the Navy, and he was there, and there was a lot of New Zealand rugby brass. So the next round is actually tomorrow. Uh, we've got New Zealand taking on Tonga, and then we've got a mouth-watering encounter, the United Kingdom taking on Fiji, because Fiji, believe it or not, might just be the team to beat. They demolished a very good Australian team the other day, 67 points to 15, and everybody was shaking their head. Um, are Fiji that good or Australia just that bad? So, um, yeah, look, keep yourself along. A really, really good high standard of rugby. Very impressed. Cool. Mark Watson and James Regan uh, have been... Uh 
with us on the panel this morning. Yeah, get across uh, to College Rifles uh, Rugby Club because uh, that sounds like some terrific action and uh, continuing on the theme of women's rugby. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, we'll have uh, another panel uh, tomorrow morning around about the same time. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.